Well, I have been thoroughly enjoying celebrating Advent together. I've been thoroughly enjoying engaging with something that's been going on since, I believe it was the sixth century, is that right? And that we've, we've joined in with, with the church, the glorious church, the bride of Christ, celebrating and, and worshiping since the beginning of time until now when he comes back. And we get to join in together in some of those things. And, and you can't help but hear the great cloud of witnesses saying, amen. You know, those that ran before and are now watching us and cheering us on and saying, yeah, bring glory to the king. Bring glory to the king. Good job, church. Good job. And here we are with those beautiful promises, continuing on in something that God started and that God's going to finish, but what we get to be a part of. Isn't it beautiful to take out those treasures, new and old, and to know that we're a part of something much bigger than ourselves? It's sweet, isn't it? So here on the fourth Sunday of Advent, we're looking at the God who has kept his promises. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a couple of those promises today, and we're going we're gonna to contemplate that together. We're going to remind our own souls. You remember the psalmist David said, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Praise you the Lord. And how many of us, we need to remember that. We need to speak to our own souls, to our own lives, to our own situations, to each other, and say, Remember these things. And then we're encouraged. And, that's, and that's, that's what Advent is all about, is to remember those things that have happened and to look forward to those things that will happen. And so this fourth Sunday of Advent, we're remembering the love of God, which is, has been poured out and shown in a specific way. And let's, let's look at that. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, all of the promises of God in him, speaking of Christ, are yes, and in him, Amen to the glory of God through us. All of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. All of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. When Christ came, all of the promises of God came to pass. Now we're still waiting for a few and we're going to get to that. But do you catch that? All the promises of God have manifested in Christ Jesus. Our hope is not in vain. Our hope is not in some ethereal thing. Our hope is in that man, Jesus Christ, who came in flesh and blood and lived and walked and breathed and did miracles and died and rose again and will come back for us. That's something tangible. That's something you can get your hands around. And that is where our hope is, in Christ Jesus. Amen? So let's talk about some of these promises. Let's, that's, that's what we do at this time. As we're joining together with, with the church of eons, we're saying, God, we want to remember your promises now. We want to remember, if, you, if all promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, then what are some of those promises? And the first one we find here, 1 John. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The first promise that we see from God is that he will take away our sins. Now I think for many of us, because most of us in this room, as I'm looking around, I happen to know that you're born again, most of us here. Maybe there's someone here and today will be the day. Maybe today will be the day that you will be born again. But if not, you are born again. 
and you have been operating in a level of glory and righteousness and peace that we can actually take it for granted that there was a time when our sin nature actually ruled us. How many of you guys remember that day? You don't have to raise your hand. You're like, it was like this morning. Um, no, if you're born again, it wasn't this morning. But, um, but there was a time when sin was a problem. Sin was the problem. How many of you guys know that sin is a problem? And Jesus, you know, in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden, when God made all things, and what did he say? It is good. And then he made Adam and Eve, and he, in his own image, he made them male and female. And he said, here, I want you to rule over all these things that are good. I'm giving you dominion over all things in the earth, and I want you to extend all the things that are good. But Adam and Eve were deceived by that serpent, that same serpent that tempts us in this day. And in that day, the serpent came and said, you're not who you think you are, and God is not who you think he is. And in that day, Adam and Eve, as we know, they were deceived, and they thought, oh, no, maybe God isn't who we think he is. And maybe I'm not who I think that I am. And they got to thinking. How many of you guys have ever got to thinking? <laughs> I've had a really great pastor, Karen and I. We went, to, we went to Bethel Temple in Eugene for several years. Pastor Shankel, Pastor and Mama Shankel. They're both actually part of the, the great cloud of witnesses now. They're with Jesus now. Pastor Shankel was the running, the longest running pastor in Eugene. Beautiful brother, he and his wife. But he preached a sermon, I really liked it, and he would say, he would say, oh no, you got to thinking. Oh no, you got to thinking. He's talking about Abraham. Abraham, you're going to have a son. But then Abraham got to thinking. <laughs> oh no. Well, Adam and Eve, they got to thinking. Pastor Shankel would say, don't get to thinking, just do what he say to do. Just do what he say to do. Well, Adam and Eve didn't do what he say to do. They ate the fruit, and sin became a problem. And all the authority that had been given to Adam and Eve was taken and it was given to our enemy, Satan, the adversary. But in that moment, God made a promise. He said to Eve, he said to the serpent first, he said, you're going to crawl on your belly for all of time and eat dust. And there will be enmity between you and this woman's seed. And her seed will crush your head. Who is that seed? Christ Jesus how many of you guys know, you know, I loved, what was it uh, that, uh, was it Misty that said, or was it Madi, I don't know, but the beautiful daughters of the king that came up here, and one of them said, I'm learning that he's more than a father, he's a daddy. And you can hear our daddy saying, in that moment with Adam and Eve, we just blew everything up, and daddy says, you know what, I have a plan. In that moment, I have a plan. Sin barely even had taken off yet, our daddy already had a plan. And he made a promise and he said, in your seed is the answer. And he was speaking of Christ. And what did Christ do? Well, Christ came and he loved us. And Father sent his son, Christ, to be the propitiation for our sins. From the moment that sin entered, God promised that he would deal with sin. Isn't it amazing that in the moment that sin entered, God started working to save us? He didn't even wait a half a second to come up with a plan to save us. And Jesus Christ is the answer, the proof that God keeps his promises. And Jesus Christ is the propitiation of our sins. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel who takes away our sins. Isn't that good? Imagine a God that didn't take away sins. I love that psalm where it says, if you, O oh God, kept a record of wrongs, who could stand? 
but with you there is forgiveness of sins and therefore you are greatly feared. I quote that often to my own soul after I've said yet another stupid thing. You guys don't share the same burden that I do because you only talk as quickly as a normal human being should talk. But I have been blessed with a rapid fire mouth that consistently and continually takes me into places that I have to repent from. And then I remind my own soul, oh Lord, if you kept a record of wrongs, <laughs> I could never stand. But with you there's forgiveness of sins. And therefore I fear you, I worship you. Because you don't keep a record of those things. I can repent. And because of what Christ did, because of the promise that came through Christ, you forgive sins. He's the God who forgives our sins. Amen? Amen. There's another promise speaking of this Christ who would come. This is out of Micah 5. How long has he been making these promises? Well, we saw from the Garden of Eden he's been making these promises. From the very beginning he's been making these promises and he's been keeping them. But this is another one of the promises and where Christ fulfilled it. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephathra, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. And therefore he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has borne a child. And then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel. And he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will remain. Because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace. Another promise that we have of who the Christ is, is that he is our peace. The scripture says he is our peace. He is, and you know what that word peace is, you guys, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just assuming you remember all the sermons that we preach around here. So you remember the sermon about shalom, the peace, the shalom, and shalom means all of your parts, all of the parts are present. It means wholeness. It means prosperity. It means blessing. It means nothing is missing. It is the absence of war. It is the presence of God. It is shalom. And that is who our God is. Christ is our peace. And in this place, it says, it says in this place, <laughs> okay, what just happened? I went too fast. In this place, in little Bethlehem, in this place that no one expected, in this place that no one thought, wow, something amazing would happen there. In little Bethlehem, too little to even be named among the clans. Little Junction City. Little Vanita. Little Hair Tucky. Christ is coming to you. I'm sorry, did I hurt some feelings? I, I <laughs> But there are those of us that we, we think, I'm too little. I'm too little for there to be a big promise of God to come through little, little old me. And the Lord would say to us in this scripture, little Bethlehem, oh you who count yourself out for any great thing to happen, Christ will come out of you. 
And that's the same promise to us for every place where we're saying, I'm too little. Little old me? What is little old me going to do? Well, by yourself, nothing. But the promise of God is Christ in you will come out of you. And things will shift. Things will change. This is the promise of God. He is our peace. He has not forgotten little us. Amen? So he takes away our sin, and he is our peace. Here's the story. Matthew 1, 18 to 23. This is a promise. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. I want to give honor to Joseph here before we move on. I don't want to move past Joseph too quickly because Joseph is a hero. Joseph cultivated something beautiful, and Joseph was in a position, he was in a posture in his life that you see, it's a short account, but you see that he was in a posture that made room for Christ to come in and fulfill the promises that he made. You notice he was a merciful man. It says here that Joseph was betrothed to Mary, but then she was found with child. (laughs) How many of you know that Joseph didn't begin by thinking, it's probably the Holy Spirit. That was not the first thought that crossed his mind. Nor should it have, because this had never happened before, nor has it happened again. This only happened one time. But Joseph was a man of mercy. You see that he says, it says here, he didn't want to make her a public example. He wasn't interested in outing Mary in front of everybody and letting the whole world know whatever that was. His heart was already moved towards mercy. And I think it's worth saying that there's something about our posture In fact, the scripture says, I will show mercy to those who show mercy, but judgment to those who judge. And isn't it amazing that Jesus' stepdad here, the one who was entrusted to raise Jesus, come on, if that's not a compliment, I don't know what is, was a man of mercy. And I believe that the Lord just wants to remind us right now in this Advent season who we are. That we're to be in a posture of mercy and saying, Father, I see the broken things. I see the wrong things. But Lord, I'm not asking that you come judge these things. I'm asking that you come and have mercy. I don't want to be the person that comes and outs everybody. I want to be the person that comes and says, Lord, bring more grace. Because how many of you know it's his kindness that leads to repentance? Amen. So let's be like Joseph as we remember Advent. Let's remember mercy. Because that's the road towards Christ, isn't it? And so the story goes on. While he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David. Man, that must have felt good. Because it's not like David was just grandpa. David was like grandpa. So, so when it gets there, it's like here, he's reminding him who he is. Joseph, son of David. Joseph's like, King David, man, I forgot about that. I forgot I was even related to that guy. What are you saying right now? Anyway, come on. Remember the promises of God, all right? Don't be afraid to take you, Mary, as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. There it is again. Jesus saves us from our sins. It's a promise. There is that promise again. 
So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. He will be God with us, and he will take away our sins. And the fact that it's good news that he'll actually be with us is because he first takes away our sins. Come on, how many of you want to be with a holy, perfect God when there's no remedy for sins? That's just asking like how quickly you could become like a charcoal smudge. There is no peace in God with us unless he takes away sins. But he is the God who takes away sins and he keeps his promises. Amen? Now there's one last promise that we're waiting to see. There's actually a couple, but there's a couple that we're looking at right now. And we'd be remiss to take this time of Advent and remember the promises of God if we don't look forward to the promises that he's not yet fulfilled. You see, when we stir ourselves up in this Advent season, when we take the time to remember the promises that he's kept, then what it does is it stirs our faith up and it, re it reminds our own soul, our own spirit, of the promises then that he will keep. Because if he's the God that keeps his promises and he's already kept all of these, he gave his only son, he fulfilled every scripture and every promise in Christ is yes and amen, he's forgiven our sins and he is our peace, then suddenly we go, that's true. That stuff's all true. He's done all of that. That's a historical fact. Jesus came and died and rose again. The more you study about trying to disprove that, the more saved you get. You can't get around it. It's like the best thing you can do if you don't believe in God and you're an atheist. Go disprove his, his death and resurrection. Go find the proof for that. You'll get saved because you can't. It's been tried and the books get written. In fact, if you want to make a lot of money, go try to disprove it and you'll end up writing a book and the books sell really well. That's, that's free. Let's get back to this. But there are some things we're still waiting to see, and here's what they are. We're waiting for him to come again. We're waiting for him to come again and finish what he did, what he began. And in that day, what does the scripture say? He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away all tears from all faces. For the Lord has spoken, and it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God. We've waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We've waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. I love that it begins with the fact that death is swallowed up. How many of us have people that are already there waiting in the great cloud of witnesses? Yeah, I think every one of us. Grandma and grandpa are up there. Come on, baby. Trust him. His promises are good. But we've got to hold on to that. That's what we do in this season is we hold on to that. We remember that he is love. He is the, he's love. You want to know what love looks like? It looks like Jesus who came and saved us from our sins. It looks like a father who, who would give the greatest thing that he has to give, even greater than his own self, his own son. You as a parent that you're here, you understand that you as a big brother, a big sister, little sister, little brother, whatever, you would gladly give your life rather than have somebody else take the hit, wouldn't you? It would be easier to take it yourself. It's harder to let the one that you love go and do that thing. And God, the Father, was willing to do that. That's because he's love. And Jesus loved you so much, he took the hit. He is love. And then he lived the life we should have lived. He died the death that we deserve to die so that we could have the life that he deserves he is love, and we remember that right now. 
So as we leave here today, let us take heart and let us take hope because he's kept every one of those promises. He certainly won't stop short of keeping these. And in that day when he comes, there won't be any more crying. In fact, we'll look at death and say, is that all you've got? My Jesus defeated you thousands of years ago. And not only that, but he rescued all of us. That's what we remember right now. He is the God who keeps his promises in him. In him. All of God's promises are yes and amen. So though we might be mourning right now for those that have gone ahead of us, very soon he'll wipe the tears from our eyes. But let's remember this too. Closing. It's taking a little bit of time, it's true. But here's why. God still has a lot of little brothers and sisters, a generation not yet born, that he wants us to spend eternity with. So I'll leave you with this admonition from the scripture. He says, do not think that God has forgotten his promises or is slack or slow in coming, but rather understand that in his forbearance, he is giving more time that more may be saved. Do you not know it is his kindness that leads to repentance? So the pain we feel right now, the waiting that we're waiting right now, it's not in vain. It's valuable. Those that we've lost, they're already present with him. Believe me, they don't want to come back. But they're looking forward and they're cheering us on and saying, remember the promises because we're here with daddy now. We're here with Jesus, our big brother. Holy Spirit is ah! so good. And you guys, it's going to be worth it when you get here. Remember his promises. Amen? Yes. Put your hand on your heart, if you would. Father, we pray that you, God, that you, oh God, that you would be our strength. Let your joy, even right now, Lord, we're putting our hands on our heart just to remind ourselves that we have one. And since our hand is on our heart, Lord, would you pour your joy into it? Would you remind us of your promises? Lord, that we would be comforted in the places we need to be comforted, strengthened in the places we need to be strengthened. Give us wisdom where we need it. And Lord, let us run a good race and let us use everything that's our disposal, at our disposal here to glorify you and to enjoy you forever. In Jesus' name we pray and in Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. Amen. You guys have a great week.